let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast this is episode number 23 and it is monday the first day of spring finally march 20th 2017 i am joe Morata. alongside me my faithful companion michael quinn how are we doing quinn hallelujah hallelujah it's, it is spring it is springtime <laughs> i'd like to say thank you to melissa santos for our new intro i couldn't believe it he just sprung this on <laughs> me like minutes ago i did i was like hey quinn check out our new little intro that we got here i didn't think it was real at first <laughs> it is i couldn't believe it it's so, real so melissa santos melissa huh? santos the best ring announcer in the business where yes. can we find her quinn uh she's the ring announcer for a little program called lucha underground great show fun show yeah and it's going to be on netflix soon yeah very um, soon if you'd like to watch it just right now you could buy it on itunes, iTunes too yeah. if you'd like and we're not this is not a paid advertisement no folks. no not a paid advertisement <laughs> at all promise it's a just a acknowledgement acknowledgement and a thank you to melissa santos big big thank you yep. you really I- surprised me there <laughs> melissa and joe <laughs> well and that's what i'm here to do yeah. folks what we are here to do is talk to you about the world of retro wrestling as we creep forward to wrestlemania sunshine spring forward <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um is it called wrestlemania sunshine no but that's like the logo it was there's star no number last at the year end of it. now we're just gonna call it whatever the logo is it was star last year now it's uh sunshine i don't like that super mario sunshine it's, and wrestlemania sunshine yeah, double double the sunshine <laughs> uh folks of course you can tweet at us at ovp podcast you can also email us at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is ovp podcast at gmail.com and quinn we have a plethora of of options where can they find us well they can find us on itunes first and foremost and yeah. we would appreciate if you'd like to leave a review that would be nice uh leaving a review on itunes helps us grow and helps your friends know that we exist <laughs> that's true um also well, we exist also we also exist on uh google play music yes we do fm.player who cares blueberry <laughs> Yes, uh, Stitcher. Stitcher, tune in, I think, tune allegedly. In. We're everywhere. The video version? The video version you can get on the YouTube, although not of this podcast. Maybe you will. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But um, there's a lot of video stuff up there. We have a live stream. The Hall of Fame bites are yes. now video form. We got those coming along just yeah, weekly, there's, just there's, churning there's, them out. Yeah, so you can just go watch us if you choose, or right. you can listen to the audio version. Yeah. You, got, you got options on this podcast. Got tons of options. Uh, of course, lest I fail to mention, a couple of weeks from now, the one and only Scott Keith will be with us talking about yes, WrestleMania. very exciting. That'll very be real exciting. exciting. Uh, Scott is coming back. Scott is coming back. I'm very thankful for that. I'm also thankful that we're on the place to be nation, Michael. Oh, yes. We're always in that place. We are in that place. If you're not listening to us at placetobenation.com, head on over to that place, Quinn. Yeah. they got some cool stuff. They have great stuff over there. You know, I was just saying to you that I really like the Place to Be podcast. The, just yep. their, the, the mother sip, as they <laughs> yeah, call the it. The gold standard. The gold standard. Uh, it is fantastic. And they're covering the old uh, WWF house shows. 
They're in 85. They are doing retro wrestling. In a, what's cool about it is we're not doing the same thing. Right. We definitely are not. And those guys do a great job. We go job. in no order around here. We go in no order. Uh, but JT Rosero and Scott Criscolo do an awesome job on that main podcast right. there. And we're on there. Yeah, and we're with them. We we're, are we're on that place. that l- illustrious crew. I, I like that. Yeah. Do you like that? I hope we're we're there for season four still. I hope they I renew hope they, our I lease. I hope they pick up our contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Also, yes. um, go ahead, Quinn. If we fail to mention that we um, are on a website. Oh yeah. Um, what is it called? OVPpodcast.com. dot com. You can get all everything there. Our links, everything, videos, <laughs> yeah, links, everything. And actually, <laughs> I just wanted to mention also. Um, go ahead. There's now a Discord chat room. If yes, you there fans is. Would like to chat. We're open to chatting. Mm-hmm. We know you like to communicate on Twitter, but we're just opening lines. It's more of like an instant message kind of thing. Sure. It's like a, like the old IRC, because yeah. we're real retro around here. So yeah. if you want to just pop in there, you don't have to stay. You can leave a message in there. Sure. We see everything that's in there. So yeah, that's another option to communicate. Absolutely. And Quinn, are we on MySpace yet? No. <laughs> anyway, we are in season three, folks, as we've mentioned the last couple episodes now. So we do have a different format than maybe you were used to. Yep. We start the show now with what do you think of? And I'll be the one starting it this time around Mm. so quinn this is this is a person okay that you and i don't actually talk too much about on or off the show okay (laughs) but i just so i just let's make it official let's get some canon here we do talk we've talked about him but not too much we don't talk about wrestling off this show right (laughs) never never um let's get some canon here okay what do you think of the million dollar man ted dibiase i love the million dollar man ted dibiase tell me why the Million Dollar Man, I just love the character in general. Um, okay. I like the idea of this guy that, like, has more money than everybody, and mm-hmm. he can kind of do what he wants because of that. Like, he's right. independent. Like, <laughs> sure. In a way. In, right? Yeah, like, yeah. most wrestlers, it's like they need to win titles so that they can gain money. But this guy just wants to win it to be an asshole. <laughs> like, basically. That's true. Like, that's like his gimmick. Right? It is. He's, an a- he's a rich asshole. Right. And he's got a bodyguard named Virgil who's kind of making fun of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, the name. Yep, yeah. Sure. And it's just fantastic. And he, he had many, uh, iterations like yep. different versions of him yep if you want to yeah hit that we we won't talk too much about the pre-million dollar man version but there is one notable thing to say about yeah that. I think, he's the first <laughs> north american champion or whatever that was he he won the north american <laughs> which heavyweight is, championship which is basically the reason i'm saying that is because it's the the genesis if you will of the intercontinental championship the phil collins genesis or the no <laughs> Uh, the, Peter like, the beginning Genesis. Uh, that, Sega Genesis. That is like Sega Genesis, kind of. <laughs> Sega beginning. Like, what? Sega! That was not even in yeah, the first system. it wasn't system. even the first system. Yeah. Anyway, so he was um, a big name in Mid-South, um, which went on to become the UWF in the mid-80s. Big, big deal down there. He was Very a, big deal. I know he was notable for having a tuxedo match with uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That was a, it got big pops and raves and re- raves and reviews. Raves and reviews. Rave reviews. Yeah. Raves and reviews. Either way. One or the other. Vince brought him in in the summer of 87, and the the story I've always heard, I've always heard, Quinn, is that Vince always said if he was a wrestler, that would be the gimmick he would have used. Makes sense, knowing totally more than we know sense. about him now. <laughs> right? I mean, there was no need for the Million Dollar Man in the late 90s when he had Mr. McMahon. Pretty much. Um, so DiBiase storms on the scene in the summer of 87, and immediately it's established, this is a, like you said, Quinn, this guy's rich. 
he doesn't have to do anything. He's independent in a sense. You know, he's independently right. wealthy. It's never really explained where he got his he money just from. just has money. That's just it. just has money and he throws it around. There was a series of vignettes that they would air. Of all these things, there was one I remember where he paid the pool guy to kick everyone out of the pool. I think there's a little too much chlorine in the water, don't you? I'll be right back. Yeah. Get these brats out of the water. Yeah. Remember that one? There's that. There, there's a bunch of vignettes, and also there was also just him doing interview segments, too. I remember no, most notably the one with the basketball that little kids, yes. and he kicks it. After uh, it was if he could bounce it fifteen times, we would give him money. Yeah, and DiBiase kicked it away after the fourteenth. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know it's funny. That's not the first time I've seen him do that. He did it's it funny. later, also. But I'm sure, he did. Um, that, that, funny. That's the notable one. But there's also the one where Rob Van Dam as a kid kissed his feet or something. Yes, like, that's true. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. So basically, folks, the whole gist with him is he had a lot of money. He was a million dollar man, and he came in and pretty soon he was he was after Hulk Hogan, and of course. Famously or famously, perhaps, he said he was going to buy the World yep, Wrestling, Wrestling Federation, Federation Championship. I'm going to buy the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. From Hogan. Hogan yes. said, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. That yeah. was the best part of that whole main event, you know, yeah. Hogan-Andre angle, is that DiBiase was the ringleader here. He was the uh, the straw that stirs the drink, if you will. He was the Reggie Jackson of this angle, yes, apparently. Yes, exactly. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, because what he did is he bought Andre's contract from Bobby Heenan for a million dollars. Of course, because he's the million dollar man. <laughs> but there's there's also a nice little touch with that later on down the line. Yes, there is. Well, when, well, yeah, I mean, ahead, we can ahead. say it now. I mean, it, when Andre left... Bobby bought it back for a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. So Bobby made nine hundred thousand dollars <laughs> off of He's it. He's the brain. Yeah. Um. So obviously DiBiase pays off Andre to win the world title from Hulk Hogan at the main event, and then Andre gives it to him. Yeah. Mister DiBiase. I told you. I was going to win. I told you. The tag team championship. The whole. The whole deal. This is special class. I tell you, I'm going to win. It's one of the most ridiculous things ever. It is. Like, the whole thing is a scene. Hogan with the promo, how much money for the plastic surgery? You see the $100 bills falling out of the ref's pocket? Never happened. Never happened. He just sang it. Identical, you know, all that. Identical! This all be cut in. Yeah, this has to be cut in. (laughs) Yes. How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? They were identical! Identical! So um, his main event push was really the year of like 88. He was a right. finalist in the tournament against Randy Savage at WrestleMania 4. Yes, he was. We discussed 4, obviously, last week, so right. we don't need to... You we know, don't need to rehash, two but weeks he, ago. He, he essentially made it to the finals and lost. Yeah, he made it to the finals and with lost. With a lot of cheating. Yes, <laughs> and he continued to feud with Savage throughout 88, so he was still like one of their main heels. Yeah, he, they kept him up there for a while, but I think where he really proved his um, power here was afterwards when he, he was treated like a main eventer that didn't need to be in the main event. I don't know how else to describe it. No, that's well said. He was always well protected and well regarded. Right. He never really lost. Not often. Not often. Honestly, no. not think of it. You, yeah. he, he didn't lose that much in that run. Right. It was just like basically the way they approached it was, well, we can't have this big heel winning the world title. However, he is a millionaire 
and he can do whatever he wants. So what if he just makes his own <laughs> world title, and that's exactly what he did? How awesome was that whole yeah. idea? What do you think of that? It's awesome. The million dollar belt is cool. Like it is. It, it's still, it looks cool even now. It, and it's the most narcissistic <laughs> thing of all time. It's it dollar is. symbols made of diamonds, diamonds. and gold. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and DiBiase, the best part of it is despite the fact that Jack Tunney would be like, ah, it's not a real title. Yeah, the, and he just didn't give a shit. He didn't care. Yeah. The, despite the fact that he Gorilla, yeah. Gorilla was always like, oh, that's not a real title, Jess. Yeah. He didn't care. No, he's like, no, all. this title matters, fuckers. Like, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is he, mine. Would, he would do that. <laughs> yeah. He and also he would defend it, but it was under his own rules because he was. It was his belt. He was the governing and body. I would love that because Gorilla would try to argue it, and but at the end of the day, they would, you know, Jesse would counterpoint and just say, "Well, he bought it. It's his. Like he can yeah. control how it's defended. It's not really anybody else's business, right? Like, <laughs> Especially if Tony is going to say it's not a real title, right? So, so you, screw it, screw it, yeah, exactly. exactly. So his eighty nine was uh, a bit of a dip from his eighty eight. Well, I mean, he was at the top, so there's no other. Okay, eighty nine. He's establishing that he's this he's like another thing like yeah, he's, he's not upper he, mid card heel yeah legitimate threat. he doesn't need the world title because he has his own doesn't need the world title feuds with a couple of people i don't know, beefcake jake roberts that feud starts of course yeah, in 89 the Jake's probably pretty notable yeah and hercules his he's his slave thing <laughs> yes like which i don't even understand how that works legally and yeah. like like even the the money way it worked was stupid like somehow bobby the brain heenan can sell a contract that hercules is a slave yeah i don't I, get it makes no it's sense really it's vince for you yeah now in 90 of course he has this big blow up with jake at wrestlemania 6 yeah then he transitions into that weird ass feud where he buys sapphire to screw with dusty roads <laughs> okay I find this very strange. I get it that he's like making, he's only, he doesn't care about Sapphire. No, not he's at only all. doing it to, but it went on for so long. Like, if you watch those superstars from 90s, yeah, from 90s, 90, he's like, there's like a million promos with Sapphire just standing next to him, like, with the, still with the back, like, they look like they were all filmed at SummerSlam. They probably were. Like, and it's like weeks and weeks of them. Like, it's, it's and they're all different. Like, and it's just Sapphire standing in a corner and him just saying stuff. Yeah, like you always did. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in 90-91, we've covered the DiBiase-Virgil angle. Great angle. Probably the best angle of DiBiase, if you ask me. Yeah, like, it, I mean, that and the, the main event angle with Hogan Andre, but he was kind of a byproduct of that. Or, and by that point, he had gotten the sensational Sherry, so that was a yep. big change for the Million Dollar Man. Yeah, Sherry in 91. Yeah. I know a lot of people find that a weak combination. I love it. Like, I, I like it. And I think we've been over this. We that, have. Yeah. I think that's one of the better versions of DiBiase, because that is really... Really, he's very independent at that point. He does not need to be involved with Hogan or anything. True. Like, he is this other part of the roster that is awesome. Like, people are gunning after him like he's a real champion. No, you know what true. I mean? Like, that's Piper true. wants his belt and Virgil yeah. wants his belt. That's true. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Money, Inc.? That was his next thing after the Sherry Association. I don't like it as much as his prior career. However, it's a solid tag team. I just feel a lot of it is like it just feels like DiBiase's tapering off at that yeah. point. Like apparently, I guess he had had some nagging injuries. Yeah, I think some of his back or something. something or I neck, think Scott yeah. had mentioned it in one Scott of our podcasts. Keith, yeah, yeah, you know, I think you're right. But 
you know, he made it work. He made it work. They gave, they gave them a run with the tag titles. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a pretty solid run there. Right. Only finally losing them once and for all to the Steiners in like the summer of 93 or whenever yeah, that was. Yeah, and that you was know? kind of the end of DiBiase wrestling. His last pay-per-view match was, uh, or WWF match actually, was against Razor Ramon, and he put him over like a champ. Clean yep. SummerSlam 93. As should he, and you know, he was an old school guy. I know yep. that. Um, yes, he was. And he... He did the job, and I, I even like his work afterwards. Not that it's very notable or anything, but him as a manager, it works. It's just, you I was going to ask you, yeah, the corporation. It's not great. <laughs> Let me put it this Shouldn't way. Shouldn't it have been better if DiBiase is going to manage a stable? Here's the problem with the corporation. The it's people not, and in it's, it. <laughs> and it's not DiBiase. Yeah. The leader is great. Mm-hmm. The problem is a lot of it feels like... Man, I just wish DiBiase could take care of this business himself because he would do it better. Right. Like, that's how I feel like, because all it's almost like all these guys are just failing to, like, do what Ugh. he would do. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, right. That's what it feels like. It feels like a bunch of goofs that are trying to live up to DiBiase, and they right. can't. And DiBiase, can, all, all he can do is kind of sit idly by and, like, hope they do his bidding. Like Th- That stable was a living disappointment, yeah. you know? And <laughs> yeah. the best guy he had in it for a while was IRS. I would arguably say Kama was the only <laughs> one who ever went anywhere. Sid was in it for a bit. But Sid, too, That yeah. was the crappy version of Sid. Right, wasn't the good version. I guess that's the height of it, right? He, he feeds with Diesel for yeah, the title. Yeah, that's probably the best version of and DiBiase um, had the crappy the coat the whole time too the like <laughs> yeah. windbreaker can we, can we talk about his attire real quick yeah he came into the wwf and he had the silver suit right which is okay i like the silver then the, he had the green now a lot of people like the green i do not prefer I don't the either. green i think it i think that's the cheesiest cheap. yeah it's, it's the cheesiest version of ted dibiase i agree i like the shiny black the black is the one that that's, one's that's, awesome that's the dibiase suit that you expect yes but you're right as a manager he had like the windbreaker million dollar jacket or yeah. whatever it was, it was that? really weird i don't know what that was and then i guess i mean from the corporation just goes he goes to the nwo right well yeah. he did bring in steve austin as the ringman that was ah, his yes. last we, acquisition. Yes, and that was definitely a big deal that he brought in. I mean, you can... It's hooked to Tibiasi. It's not like he made the decision or anything, but right. I mean, if you want to see where Austin really came from as far as his WWF character, it comes from being under Tibiasi yep. and then him being upset with him. Disgruntled with him. Disgruntled with him, yeah. Yep, that's and exactly that's what it was. And that's kind of almost, again, the genesis of Stone Cold Steve Austin. It is. Yeah. Um, and then DiBiase, like you said, Quinn, goes to the NWO. He was the fourth man, I actually want to say. I think he was. Something like that, or the fifth man. I fourth don't or fifth? Yeah. But that was always confusing, because you could never tell. Was he supposed to be the manager? No, no, no. He I was know the what financial it, backer? The financial... So, there was this question, and it was actually well done how they did it. There was this question of, how are these guys, like, doing this? Like, because remember they had, like, television, and they would say paid for by the yes. NWO? And there was no answer to that for a while. Right. And then, well, it wasn't a while, because DiBiase came in pretty quick. But the point is, is basically it was revealed that DiBiase was financing this whole venture like that's, right. and that's how they were getting away with all the stuff they were doing and coincidentally his name is ted they called him trillionaire ted. yeah exactly I mean, that was pretty smart actually yeah, it was pretty good but his wcw run sucked yeah and then he went to the steiners that As a was face. horrible and then that and was this it. is the dibiase of crap i remember and then the only other stuff is you know i think he briefly managed his son for like a hot Very like a second and gave him the million dollar that belt. came back yeah. yeah but overall man looking back on dibiase's career i didn't appreciate him as a kid because i got into the like i, I guess i did appreciate him because i didn't like him because he was I a mean, heel yeah you should have hated him he was a dick he was a huge dick i didn't like him and you know what 
great on the mic. Fantastic. Always awesome one talker. of the best talkers. I think that's what got him through his injuries a lot. Yep. Great talker that laugh. You could, you could not have him wrestle for weeks. Right. And just cut promos because he was just so good. He was. And that yeah. laugh, man. <laughs> yeah, the laugh. The oh, iconic. my God. What a laugh. It's in his song. I yeah. Mean, not a lot of guys had them talking in their song. That's other right. Other than Ted DiBiase. Yeah, like a sound bite at the beginning of the song. And he sings his song. And he sings a song. Yeah. Or talks his song or yeah, whatever. whatever he does. Yeah. Great song, too. Great Fantastic. theme music. Iconic. Again, a lot of a lot of iconic things with Ted DiBiase. Yep. Like the suit, the million dollar belt, the song, the laugh. And his ring style. Rough. Like, yeah. rough. Rough but technical. Very technical. I used to like the way he would do that falling punch thing. Yeah, the fist drop. Yeah, it's it, just good stuff. It was good, and he was just like fun to watch. And he was considered smart. They treated smart him like he was wrestler. smart. Yep. Yeah, he wasn't a doofus. You know, no, you... but I mean, even like his plans, his diabolical yeah. plans were right. actually pretty smart. Like I wouldn't, if I was watching back then, I would have never figured somebody would try to buy the world title. Like that's different. That's true. Like, good point. As a character, you know, very good point. That's interesting. So overall, Quinn DiBiase. I'm big you, thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Yeah. I have to agree. Yeah. I think he's a great, great, great performer. Memorable. Yeah. Obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame and deservedly so. Oh, yeah. Great, iconic character from the 80s and 90s. Definitely. So, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. I'm Ted DiBiase. I'm the Million Dollar Man. And you know, as I travel around this fair country of ours... I run into a lot of people who aren't happy with the way I spend my money. They say that money is the root of all evil. Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not. Because you see, with enough of this right here, I can buy anything. I can have anything I want. I can buy happiness. I can buy love. And if I want to, I can even buy you. Ow! Virgil, I've cut my finger. I need medical attention. Get me to a doctor right now. Nurse, I need immediate medical attention. I've hurt my finger and I need to see a doctor now. Sir, I'm sorry. You've got to have an appointment. Oh, wait. You don't understand. I'm Ted DiBiase. I'm the million dollar man. I don't need an appointment. Sir, I've got sick people here waiting to see the doctor. You've got to make an appointment. Virgil, can I get a band-aid for this finger now? Let me see what I can do, sir. Yeah. Hey, don't be upset with her. She did the same thing that anybody else in her position would have done. She did the same thing that you would have done. She had her price, just like each and every one of you have your price. Everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast here on episode number 23, first day of spring, March 20th, 2017, Quinn. Here we are. Here we are. That was a nice little talky talk we had about Ted DiBiase there. Talky talk about Teddy Ted. <laughs> Teddy two. Teddy. Teddy Bear. Teddy Bear, as Sherry called him, yeah. That's right. Uh, So, folks, if you've been following along with Season 3, we have a new segment called Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week we will send four things, whatever they might be, the four best things will go on to Mount Rushmore, and the four worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. desert of Death Valley. With The Undertaker. Die, die, die. (laughs) Die, die, die. Uh, So, it was my pick last week, so Michael Quinn... You're going to be doing the Rushmore and Death Valley this week, so what do you got? Okay, so this week I think I have one that, although it will start out as a love fest, I think it will really degenerate when we get to the worst of the worst. Oh no. (laughs) And it is... 
managers. Managers. Yes. Very interesting. Very yes. interesting. So what's your criteria? I mean, all the things that make up a good manager, like good talking. Which we've discussed. Uh, yep. Good character. Yep. A good representative of his man. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. Just overall good personality. Good personality. Someone... Yeah. What you, basically what you would entail being a good manager. Okay. <laughs> and I think definitely the what pops first in my mind I'm sure it pops. And actually, yeah. I may let you go first because I, yeah. I, I think that's the way we should do this out of courtesy. Okay. Thank you, Curtis. Yeah. Um, no question about it. Yeah. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. I, I, and I was going to go there too. There, uh, he has to be on there. I mean, should we just put him on there first and then talk about him? We, he's just on. <laughs> all right. Like, so there's not even like questions about that. He's like, definitely on. He's the greatest manager of all time. It's like not putting like Babe Ruth in the Mount Rushmore <laughs> of baseball players or something. All right. So, folks, Bobby Heenan is on. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be. How do you not put him on there? I, I don't get how you wouldn't. I mean... He was maybe the best talker ever. Yes. Um, like, literally maybe ever. Of course, he went to the University of Wisconsin, right? In Madison. Don't, don't take a whole lot to get in there. I guess you have to be able to... The entrance exam, you have to be able to write your name in three different colors of crayon. He is something, all right. Um, <laughs> he, he. What I like about Bobby being on there... He just oozes charisma. Like, he does. There's like, there's like just little things he does. Ugh. Like, okay, for example, say he like is like standing around or running around or something. He just <laughs> always does like the little thing where he'll pretend to trip or like, yes. even when it like doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like just, it's almost like an instinct for him, right? Like, yes. I don't know how he does this, but he just, he just does it. Yeah, absolutely. He is one of the quickest witted, most, com com the most comedic instincts, you know, I've ever seen. Right. Brilliant mind. Just brilliant. Can turn around something I and mean, make it funny. I know a lot of these guys have nicknames, but the brain really, like, sticks when you see his body of work. Like, I know he, it's supposed to be, like, stupid because he's not smart, but, yeah. like, he really in is. Real life, yeah, he really is really smart. Brilliant like, comedic mind. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Jeez, you can't even compare. You know, he could be serious when he wanted That's to. That's the too. thing about him. Yeah, he was a dastardly manager, right? That people didn't like because no. he was so good at being unlikable. And the weasel thing just oh, stuck. Yeah. And he would play that up too. I mean, like even in the weasel suit thing, right? He would chase his tail, be falling over, yeah, be falling over, always like being confused when he's in the weasel suit. <laughs> yep. You know, somehow, yeah. Like, what did they like? I could never figure out how he was confused when they put him in it, but he he somehow convinced me that he was confused. I think it says a lot about him. I mean, we could we could dedicate a whole episode to him. So I guess we'll we'll keep it brief on we'll him. Keep to it be brief, safe. and we got other names yeah, to go here. But I mean, <laughs> I think that one of the crowning things though that sums it all up is. One of the biggest matches of all time, Quinn, is of course Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Right. At WrestleMania 3. Yeah. And who, besides those two, played the biggest part in it? Bobby the Brain Heenan. Exactly. And that should just stand a testament to why he's on Mount Rushmore, period. Yeah. I, and, and that's just it. He is one of the best managers. Without dedicating not, an entire segment yeah. to Bobby the Brain Heenan. Believe me, folks, we could go on a lot longer, but for yeah. the sake of time here, right. I say you throw one at me, Quinn. Well, if we started with a guy, I would. I would throw a girl on there. Okay. And you know who I'm going to throw. Sherry. Yeah. I, I, as far as female managers go, I can't think of anyone that would uh, top her. Like, I mean, you you know how I feel about Sherry. I think our audience knows how we both feel about Sherry. One right. of the best of all time. Right. I think just for the sake of 
further discussion. I say we hold her off for the time. I being. agree. Uh, I agree. But um, I think strongly she's considered strong contender. Right Absolutely. Now. Sherry's incredible. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, you sorry excuse for a human. You sorry excuse for a man. How could you ever possibly think that you could hide behind that little pink skirt of Miss Elizabeth? You know, for for what it's worth, do you think Jimmy Hart merits any consideration? Ooh, here's the thing. If we're tabling Sherry, right? Yeah. I don't think Jimmy Hart's as good as her. You don't think so? However, there's two spots open. True. But I think that I would like to raise your Jimmy Hart. Okay. With a Captain Lou. Captain Lou. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Now, we're talking the heel Captain Lou. Yeah, not 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 that stupid face version. That's okay. dumb. Not the and rock that was and only done version. because he was like at the tail end of yeah. his career. We're talking, <laughs> like that, yeah. we're talking like crazy Captain Lou. The money drawing, heat drawing. Yeah. You know, people want to punch this guy. Obnoxious yeah. ass. Right. Seventies, early eighties, Lou Albano. Oh yeah, the one that screwed over Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, the one that was just an asshole anytime he was on the screen. Right. I fluently learned to read and write and speak Japanese. Would you like to hear a few words? Yes. Obnoxious. Just, and he just did it for so long. Yeah. Like, I know we can only put so many managers up here. Yeah. And I think that we need to just first discuss... Um, the Grand Wizard and Blassie because they're his like contemporaries. Like, True. because this spot, True. you know, with Bobby eating a spot up initially. Yes. Like that kind of now we're like really like we, we can really only pick one if, if you think about it <laughs> of that era. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Grand Wizard belongs in that. I don't either. Blassie is um, notable as Blassie is. Is he a Captain Lou? Compare him to Lou. I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. I think Lou is better than the I, two. But of I them. mean, there's also Ayatollah Blassie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but come on. The other version. I don't know. I just I feel Captain Lou is like I think I think he's a shoe in. <laughs> yeah, I think he's I think he's gotta be on. I don't You don't see, first see a area where Captain Lou would get kicked off. Right. I think if you will agree with me, Quinn, I think yeah. we should put him on. Okay, so what do you think? We'll put him on? We will put him on. All right. Captain Lou is on. Captain Lewis. All right, so we have two left now. Right. Well, we've covered Sherry. I get to throw one at you? Sure. All right. Jim Cornette. Mm. Okay, this is interesting you talk about this, because I actually think Jim Cornette is a very overrated manager. Why? Because unlike a lot of the names we're talking about, mm -hmm. he really only had one that was, like, really... A his, thing. His bread and butter. His bread and butter. The Midnights. The Midnights. And we had mentioned them in other yeah, things. In our last Hall of Fame bite. Right. And like, I know Jim Cornette was with Yokozuna and stuff, but yeah. he was just like an adjunct yeah. onto that. Like, the, he wasn't like, he was just the spokesman. Yeah, like, that didn't And then matter. like, all his other WF Vader. managing, Vader. That like sucked. Yeah, Cam Cornette was a shitty stable. <laughs> a mini Vader. It's a, oh, stop. <laughs> yeah. Cam Cornette is also a horrible name for a stable. It's Camp terrible. Cornette? Yeah. It's what is really, it, Camp Nowhere? Because well, they needed two C's, so can't, it couldn't be like Troop Cornette. Chubby Cornette. Yeah. <laughs> He's not Mount Rushmore material. Like Great talker, though. 
great talker. And that's not to say he isn't a great talker. And he had his moments. Yeah. I just don't think if you were like to like have like this this Rushmore of managers, I don't think people would be like, yeah, Jim Cornette. Like as a manager, they would think of him more as that guy on the Internet that complains about stuff. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, you know, I'm right. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. It's not the same as John Cena hosting the fucking Today Show when you're on a clip in the fucking Cheetah segment of the Tarzan movie. You dipshits. If that's the best you can aspire to. Okay, then throw one at me. Hmm. I guess I'll just throw him out because we didn't mention him in the classic managers, hmm. but just for consideration, what do you think of Fuji? I, I don't know if he's Mount Rushmore, he's but I'd rather good. discuss him for he's, a second. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He is not great. No. He's below Jimmy Hart for sure. He is below Definitely. Jimmy Hart. Below yeah. probably even like a Fred Blassie, honestly. Hmm. Yeah. You think Fuji really like? Well, Fuji had his moments with Don Morocco, and did. also he managed Demolition. Okay, um, you know what? I actually forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> believe he managed it or not, Demolition. He did. You're right. You know, Yoko, the good and bad Orient Express. Yokozuna. Yokozuna. That's a good point. He's had he's had a lot of uh, accomplishments as a manager. Okay, but I would say he's still no Jimmy Hart. He still isn't. But there also there is something to say about Fuji's like unspoken way of handling things the I don't, devious one right and how he would portray that was kind of awesome actually if we're talking rushmore though he's he's mm. i don't think Maybe, he belongs there yeah i mean you I, could table him would you table he's him, under fuji? the table no if, Jim, if jimmy hart and sherry are sitting at the table fuji's like getting a seat why he's don't we waiting put, to be seated why don't we put jimmy and fuji in the waiting to be seated section i'll be five ten minutes Whereas Sherry has a table, but she's not like she hasn't at the ordered right. yet. Yeah, she hasn't ordered yet. <laughs> okay, fine. Then I'm gonna give you someone else that just walked into the restaurant. Yeah, Paul Heyman. Hey, what stinks in here? Ooh, that's as, a good one. As Paul E. Dangerously and the, as the full work, Paul the Heyman, full body yeah. of work. Yeah, that is definitely one to be considered. Now I want to ask you a question, though. What do you think that his Paul Heyman 2013 to now work? You know, yeah. as that version of Paul Heyman. Do you think that, that only is getting noticed because he's literally the only manager like that right now? I will say this. Would he stand out in the 80s Matt, era of the managers? Listen, I will say this about Paul Heyman. What he's doing right now, regardless of the fact that he's the only one doing it, yeah. it's still good work. Like It's it, very good it, work. It would fit it would be considered like up their work if it, the same work was being done in 1991 or whatever. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, I think that his previous work is excellent. Um, especially just in ECW in WCW, yep. like dangerous Alliance, yep. um, all the stuff with there with rude and yeah, you know, with Nabisco rude? and, and Arn Anderson <laughs> and all a uh, Steve Austin. Yep. Stunning Steve. But then in ECW, like, I love him in ECW because he manages Sabu, Sabu, but like, there's also this stuff where he's like working with like the public enemy, and then they screw him over, yeah. and then he kind of becomes face for a second. A but little, he's, he's not really face. No. Like he's just like, no, these guys like screwed me over. So there's a lot of complexities to Paul Heyman, and you know what? Like I would kind of, I'm leaning towards Rushmore actually. You know what, like, Quinn? I'm, I'm going to agree with you. With I didn't it, yeah. either, but I think I'm going to agree with you. Can we agree that he's on? I think so. Yeah? You think he's on? Yeah, I think he's on. I think let's put him on then. Let's just okay. go for it. Me and my 
Mark Callis is the next heavyweight champion. With this heart punch, there's nobody, not Luger, not Sting, not the Steiners, not anybody in Indianapolis that can stop me, Mark Callis. Paul E. Paul E. Dangerously so we've, Heyman. We've got <laughs> we've got three. Dangerously is his real middle name, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm just He's got two. <laughs> we've got three on there already, Quinn. We've got Bobby the Brain Heenan, right? Captain Lou or Captain Lewis, yeah. as Vince always called him. Yeah, Captain Lewis Albano and Paul, Paul Heyman. Heyman. I think that's a great. That's three a, people. Three people. Is but, it is it coming down to Jimmy Hart and Sherry now, or Fuge? All right. Before, I, I'm trying to think of any yeah, other managers right. we haven't like. Well, um, we, we've named Clarence. Almost, Man, no, I'm just. No. <laughs> we've named almost all WWF guys. Are we missing anyone from WCW notable? Teddy Long. Um, mm. Yeah, <laughs> there's exactly. not much in WCW. Like, I mean, there is like in the heyday, like um, what is Paul that? Jones? Paul Jones. That's who Gary I was thinking. Hart. Gary Hart. Yeah, there's there's guys. Um, oh, JJ Dillon. Hmm? He's so boring. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's I agree. my version of him. I agree. As, um, he's boring. If we're going to mention stinks. Sherry Baby Doll, like, no. Yeah, what did she do, though? You know what I mean? She's just like, I did bad things, and now I'm with Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, like, and ha- she likes the people that win the titles. Yeah, she's just like a gold digger yeah. character. Uh, Bullshit. What about, um, what about uh, Terry Runnels, who was also like the... Alexandria uh, York? Alexandria no York. Way. Do we put uh, Sonny into this discussion? No, When right? you got Sherry in the yeah, discussion, it's hard. Never mind, you can't. No, no, no. I mean, can't. Miss Elizabeth? No. Not really. No way. Well, one one thing to say about Miss Elizabeth mm. is, like, I understand that she's not really a talker or anything, and that's kind of the whole point of being a manager. <laughs> Thankfully. However, a she is kind of, like, iconic. She is Quinn, but we're talking, like, manager managers right, here that yeah. did manager things. I mean, does anybody think of Miss Elizabeth other than a manager? A val- like, she's yeah. like a valet. Yeah, she is more valet. She didn't really do anything. Would you consider woman uh, uh, more? She's okay. She, she's pretty good, actually, but would you consider her, like, a manager or a valet? She is, like... Because she's really involved, like... I don't know. Spe- well, I don't know if you've seen her ECW work as much. She's ridiculous. She's Sam like, Man and all that. Yeah, she's but. probably the closest approximation to Sherry. Like, yeah, but it's like, like it's like if if Sherry is Coke, woman is RC Cola. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean. She not even Pepsi. Yeah, Miss Elizabeth's Pepsi, and maybe. she doesn't even do as much. <laughs> yeah. So no, um, right. woman's not even in that discussion. I think we've really got to narrow it down to these three that we were just mentioning. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Hart, Sherry, and Fuji. Yeah. I think the first battle, the first elimination round here is between Jimmy Hart and Fuji. I think Fuji's out then. <laughs> to not, and again, not to say that he's like crappy or anything. No, he's fine. He's, he's perfectly okay. Jimmy Hart, damn good manager. Yeah. Look at these. I'm going to have to crawl in the ring and wear these stupid, silly looking tights. I am a manager. I am not a professional wrestler. You know, Junkyard Dog, you're responsible. Give me these. You're responsible for this. Real, I mean, he actually might even be the same stupid. You know, okay, we we forgot one. He might be underrated, is what yeah. I was going to say. What do we forget? The slickster. He's, he's again, not, yeah. He doesn't meet the Jimmy no. Hart standard, and he doesn't even meet Sherry. The three people we've mentioned so far have managed world champions. Yeah, the three people. Well, did Albano, even if he didn't, he managed like a million tag champions, but he yeah. might have managed a world champion. The people we've mentioned so far were amongst the best talkers of their era. Right. I mean, really, Bobby Heenan in the Mm. 80s, Abano in the 70s, Heyman in the 90s, and now. Right. You know, best talkers of their era. Yeah. Managed notable wrestlers. The rest of the the flock here are all like, um, they're more just characters. They're memorable characters. Right. So that's where we... Well, then if you were to say that, then the Slickster could definitely like... 
make it into the running again. But, but if we're going to put Jimmy Hart's career against, you know, Sherry, Sherry, it's tough because Jimmy Hart did manage, you know, the Hart Foundation. Right. Jim- but Sensational Sherry managed the Macho Man. I know. And she managed Ted DiBiase. And Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels. And that's just her WWF run. She managed right. Ric Flair. Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And then in ECW, Shane Douglas, I Shane believe. D- she managed the champion, Shane Douglas. Like Jimmy Hart managed the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. So? He managed it's Hulk Hogan. Oh, come on. Are you really going to? No. I don't like that combination That's, whatsoever. That combination is utter garbage. Like, <laughs> stop. I don't even count that as, like, managing. It was more like, I'm a big stooge for Hulk Hogan. Like, <laughs> yeah, baby, we're yeah, going to the yeah. red and bl- yellow Hulk, Hulk That was just sir. something for him to do while he wrote good wrestling themes. He did do that. Yeah. Can you believe this? Jimmy Hart, manager of the Mega Maniacs, baby, wearing the red and the yellow. If it's a, it's. If I it's honestly like. I'm a, leaning Sherry. I'm leaning I Sherry. I, I, it, she's good. <laughs> she, <laughs> good is an understatement. Yeah, she is great. Yeah. Here's the thing with Jimmy Hart. Yeah. The more I watch him, he doesn't really like elevate anything in my mind. But the more I watch Sherry over the years, the more I appreciate her. And like, you can't say that about many managers. Like the fact that she was that subtle. That, like, there was things you didn't notice when you were watching, and then you go back, and then you keep seeing her over time, and you're like, man, she was really friggin' good, like... Yeah, you know what? Okay, here's one. Here's a good criteria. Yeah. And I think you'll see where I'm getting with this. Okay. Did putting anyone with Jimmy Hart ever elevate them? No. Right. (laughs) I don't think so. But there is no way Macho Man in 89 is as good as he is without Sherry. Nope. There's no way DiBiase's post-Virgil run is as good as it was nope. without Sherry. There and is no way Shawn Michaels' uh, yeah. first run as a heel would have even worked without, without Sherry. Sherry. I think it's the choice is clear-cut, Quinn. If you're with me, she, I'm... She's invaluable. I agree with you. And she's one of the best of all time, personality-wise, manager-wise. Talking, she's wonderful. Right. Took the bumps, got involved. She was fantastic. Are we... Okay, I just... I don't want to commit for one second are we missing anybody from like the modern or 90s like like what about um what's it get fame uh famous b come on famous b uh is there anyone from the current era in wwe that's even a manager anymore not really not really eh, i guess not i don't think we're missing any summer big ray she was good but it was brief yeah it wasn't it wasn't as elongated as sherry and we mentioned him in our manager segment from way back but uh sweet and sour larry sweeney was sweet. great okay if if sweet and sour larry sweeney had not passed away he would like be in like he'd probably all, be there he, by now he would be in definitely be there. Yeah. yeah he was a great personality but again that's not mount rushmore if, if, if nxt had existed a couple years earlier sweet and sour would have probably been a thing and I agree. he would have probably been with us still yeah yeah, yeah, that's sad. But uh, all right, Quinn, <laughs> Sherry is better I, than I Jimmy Hart. Yeah, I can't. I, I honestly like I thought Sherry was just me liking Sherry. But when you stack her up mm-hmm. against like other managers, it's really hard to find something on. She's definitely the weakest. Yeah, but it's really hard to find somebody in that category that would fit. So I, I, I would go with Sherry. I think I'm going to go with Sherry, too. I said we put her on there. There's yep. no question in my mind anymore. <laughs> We did it, Quinn. There we go. Four. We've got Bobby Heenan, mm-hmm. Lou Albano, 
Right. Paul E. Dangerously Hammon. Yeah. <laughs> and Sensational Sherry. Yeah, there you go. I think that's it. a great Mount that's Rushmore. A great list. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed the of thing at all. That, the thing that I'm worried about, though, is Death Valley. It scares me a bit. Yeah, it's a bit scary because those managers that are bad, they are bad. <laughs> you know what? Before we get into Death Valley, Quinn, I just want to remind the folks, let us know your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you could let managers. us actually know on the site. Yeah. Uh, I know I said it um, a couple times now, We get some activity but, from that. But yeah, um, if you want to discuss on there, it gives it, it gives you a chance to interact also with other fans of the show as as well as us. So. Exactly. Trying to bring it all together. Yeah, you know? we're, trying, we're really trying to make a community here. So Justin Hand, you know. Yeah, and you can talk Jimmy to Marty. Or <laughs> Marty, you could talk to... Uh, Ruben Vasquez. Richard. Yeah, Richard yeah, Land. Something like that. Maybe Marcelo. Yeah. yeah, so all the fans, you know, like... Those are just some fans. I'm sure we have other fans, too. That don't say anything, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, if you... <laughs> Fine. I mean, if you don't like to comment, I get it. You don't have to. You don't have to, but the, the choice is the, yours. The choice is yours. Yeah. But, Quinn, speaking of choices... Right. It's time for Death Valley, and since I picked with Rushmore, I think it's only fair that you throw the first Death Valley at me. <laughs> throw the first shot. Yeah, fire the first shot here. <laughs> well, you know who I can't stand, who's a frequent topic on oh, this show, God. but... I wouldn't put Paul Ellering in Death Valley without question. Would you really, though? He's so bad. <laughs> He's so overrated, Joe. It's crap, for lack of a better term. That's right, Tony. I got it all up here. Who's starting? But one thing I do know, we're going to be leaving, and we're going to be leaving winners. Ammo and Hawk are at the matches right now. They're ready. Believe me, they're ready. I, folks, if you haven't been following along, you know, the past 20-something years of yeah. Uh, yeah. episodes here, Quinn absolutely cannot stand Paul Ellering. I cannot. And it's not even because he's, like, his heel or face. No, I know. I, it's because it's, it's all this, like, he, they treat him. Like, he's so good, and he just is not good. He never says anything of value, ever. So, is it the way he talks, but it's he's every, saying it's, nothing? Yeah, it's the way he talks, and he's saying nothing. Like, <laughs> and it just, it, it grinds my gears. <laughs> because, like, you know how, like, we know Bobby's good and stuff? Yes. But in this case, we're told he's good, but he just isn't. Without learning. Yeah, and what has he done other than the LOD? Everything he manages is garbage other than that. I mean, I don't remember. There's a reason why I don't even remember who's in the original LOD. Like, the Legion of Doom stable? Yeah, because I think that was Ellering's job to really make us remember that. And I, I, he clearly didn't do it. Listen. And his karate gi. And there's so many problems with him. I knew that would come up. Yeah. I think we need to wait for a yardstick here, a measuring stick, a Fine, bar. But I'm putting him up there. Of your own volition, I know. I can't stand him. We'll see if we can, you know, we both have to turn our keys here. It's We have to agree. It's like the nuclear, you know, launch codes here. Right. We have to both be in agreement here. Okay. It's like the Colonel's secret recipe. We each have half of it. Right. You know, we Is that to... how it works? The Colonel? Probably. Colonel, call in. Yeah, Colonel. <laughs> Call into our non-existent number. <laughs> All right, you know, you know what though? There's other bad managers. Out There's there. bad managers, but Paul Ellering should be there. <laughs> now, obviously, in in the case of a bad manager. I'm assuming it would be the opposite of all the criteria for a good one, right? The opposite and just like just bad at talking. Just bad at everything. Not like, doing anything yeah. that matters. Yeah. Not helping your wrestler. Not getting them over nothing. Okay. Like not even with heat. 
Right, right. Purely like you if you have to ask the question why the hell is this guy here? Yeah. That's a bad manager. Okay. Fair enough. Harvey Whippleman was terrible. I could I Harvey Whippleman was pretty bad. Anyone that was with him, it like degraded them. Right. You know I, what I mean? I mean, I think it made Sid look stupid. It made Sid look and he stupid. He was probably the best person he ever managed. Kamala. Yeah. Well, Adam would Bomb. you throw in Kim Chi in bad managers? He was a he wasn't supposed to be their manager. He was like a handler. He didn't manage <laughs> well, them. He didn't really manage much of anything. Yeah, that's true. It was Steve Lombardi. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Depending on the territory. I can't put uh Kim Chi there. Whippleman sucked. Whippleman did suck. He did. Har- I'm talking about not the guy, but the Harvey. Downtown Bruno might have been different. Yeah. Harvey Whippleman really sucked. Yeah, it's the thing. Harvey Whipple. Harvey Whippleman. There's a reason he said it like that. Harvey Whippleman. When you're feuding with the Fink, you know you suck. <laughs> yeah, he like, was come pretty on. terrible. <laughs> what is Having, that like, about? tuxedo matches and, <laughs> that we don't want to see. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, that's the best description. Tuxedo matches that no one wanted to see. No, he's he's like inverted heat. Like it's, it's true. Just, like, just no, get out of here. He sucked. Um, this guy. What would you think of the coach? You mean not Jonathan Coachman? No. You mean the coach, the John, coach John Tolos? Coach John Tolos from the Mister Perfect? <laughs> yeah, and the Beverly Brothers. It's, it's memorable because he's like, terrible. Yeah, he's awful. You know like, what? That's a good one. Yeah, coach. <laughs> because he was like... <laughs> he wasn't even like, what? Like, What was that? Why was he there all of a sudden? What was he coaching? Yeah. Mr. Perfect needed a coach? He's perfect. Why does he need a coach? Why was he like an athletic coach? Yeah, he was in like sweat pants. <laughs> he was like Coach Cutlip from the Wonder Years. He was really garbage. With the whistle. Whining. Get a mop. Just utter crap. Like <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I I think he should be on there because like he's really really bad. <sighs> All right, hang like, on. I, you might be right. Actually, yeah. <laughs> you might really be right like, about uh, this one, Co- Coach Tolos or whatever. <laughs> he sucked. Yeah, he, I didn't even think of him. Yeah, he's like that's I dug down for that guy. You want to talk about a fall from grace, Mister Perfect's previous manager, Bobby uh, yeah. Heenan, <laughs> and the coach like one of the worst things ever. I think on the, on those grounds alone, and he was on pay-per-view. Yeah, he was on. That's why I was like, why would he not easily rank in there? Like, he's just, I know it wasn't long, but really, coach? Like, what? Like He didn't help perfect at all. Yeah, he and he's there for his worst good. moment, like when he loses. Like, is he, is he ever there when, I've never even seen him with somebody who wins, ever. Like, <laughs> he was a Beverly Brothers first manager before the genius. Mm. But who cares? Yeah, who It's the Beverly cares? Brothers. Yeah. Uh, you want to go in on Coach here? I'm all in on Coach. All right, you know what? Let's go in on Coach. <laughs> die, just, die, die. He's somehow the first one. Like, Fine with me. I yeah. don't care. <laughs> he somehow beat Ellering into the Death Valley that time. As he should. I mean, yeah. at least Ellering managed the Legion of freaking Doom, the Road Warriors. I yeah, mean, come on. Well, they're not even that amazing. But that's a story for another yeah, day. Yeah, okay. Like, you know who I never liked as a manager, Quinn? I don't know if he's Death Valley material. Who? Johnny V. Johnny V? He yeah, sucked as a manager. He kind of sucked. Didn't I, he? Yeah, but mm, he managed the Dream Team. <laughs> he has had a couple of funny Ooh. lines. like A couple of funny lines as a commentator, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. He stunk. He did stink. I don't know if he's like heading to the desert just yet, but he's he on might, his way. 
What about Oliver Humperdinck? <laughs> well, I think you don't like him because you you're mainly familiar with his WWF run. What what other run would you say? Wasn't he in JCP? I've seen him in other things. I'll put it that and way. He was Big Daddy Dink in WCW. <laughs> okay, first of all, his name is. Big Daddy Dink. Does do I need to say anything else? <laughs> okay, fine. Come on. Um, he's awful. Like you know what he kind of is. Like, why does Bam Bam Bigelow need him? Like ever? Is he is his magic wand helping him do cartwheels? Like I don't get what he is. Why does he have a magic wand? Is does he have magic? I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Before we put him on there, though, is there anyone else? Um, what about Frenchie Martin? Oh, ooh, that's a good one. Frenchie Martin's he pretty... He was even worse than Oliver Humperdinck. What, I, I, we're just throwing names out, but yeah. what about Hiro Matsuda? Yeah, what was that about? <laughs> Why did he manage the horseman? Exactly. This is what I was saying about the... De- this is going to be harder than, than the other one. It is. Like, seriously, because, holy crap, there's, like, a bunch of garbage. Like, Clarence Mason... I don't think he's that bad. He's not the all-time worst or anything. Yeah. You know what, though? Seriously, Hiro Matsuda might have to qualify. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't know what he's there for. Even Ric Flair himself has commented on, like, why. like Not that Dylan was some special prize, but at least he was the horseman. At least he knew how to talk. And Hiro Matsuda talk. literally didn't know English. Yeah. He was just like some mysterious Japanese backer, financial backer, because there was like it was at the time when like Sony and Samsung and companies like that were rising in the 80s. And it was like people were afraid of that. Yeah, the Japanese. Yeah. Weird. Do you even think um, what's I always forget his name, the bald guy in WCW, <laughs> Gary Hart. I don't think he's any good. He's OK. I like him as a person and as like a wrestling insider. But I don't, like, really see the appeal of Gary Hart. It's better than frickin' Paul Jones. You hate Paul Jones. He sucks. Actually, he Paul sucks. Jones and Gary Hart are kind of on the same level, if you ask Gary me. Gary Hart is on a better level. What? Paul Jones is bullshit, Quinn. Come on. <laughs> Why is he bullshit? What did he do that was good? He, he managed turned, Pez Watley. Yeah, he turned Pez Watley into, like, a goody two-shoes. I in, could manage into Pez Watley. Shaska. Shaska Watley. Garbage. And he, and he looked like a safari guy. What about like, Lauren Davenport? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I don't think that full, or, uh, she doesn't meet the notable enough thing. Not no, no one no, from no, USWA. No, that they can't make it yet, just yet. Is Gary Hart worse or better than Paul Ellering? I they're like on the same level of bad with Paul Jones. Okay, here's the thing with Jones, Hart, and Paul Ellering is that they. They're all a lot of talk, but, like, nothing really, like, makes, like, I don't get what they're saying at the end of the day. Like, (laughs) besides my guy's going to win, there's no, like, anything to them. Do you consider? And I think I think people will probably argue against Gary Hart, like even uh, especially our listeners. I, I but think I just, he's okay. I don't think he's that amazing, but uh, you know what? For the sake of like, we don't agree on that. Uh, he just won't be in. <sighs> Who did we have on this already? Harvey Whippleman. We, we no, no, we. <laughs> I don't even. We, there's so many names that are bad. Like I'm trying to remember who the first we, one we was. Coach John Tolos Co- was the first one. Somehow but he's I'll, on there. I'll tell you what, though. I think Frenchie Martin is pretty. Yeah, bad, Frenchie man. Martin's pretty awful. I mean, like, what? Only thing he managed was Dino Bravo, and he sucks. Or do you want to say Oliver Humperdinck? I don't. Th- I, I hate both. 
I'll, I'll give you Frenchie Martin. He's not think good so? at all. Frenchie like, Martin's one of the worst managers. I don't even remember ever hearing him talk, ever. <laughs> like, he just has that stupid flag and does nothing. He has a stupid flag and does nothing. Sometimes wrestles, but and then gets his butt whooped, and then that's it. Yeah. So is he on there? Yeah. He's on there. Die, die, die. So we've got Coach and Frenchie Martin, two yeah. out of four, 50% of the way there. So who do we have heading to the desert? Paul Ellering's on his way. <laughs> He's on his way. No Oliver Humperdinck is on his way. Paul Ellering's on his way because, as I'm, I'm just reiterating, the point is, is that he should not be there at all, but he, <laughs> he just he begs to be there at the same time. Personally, Quinn, I think Ted DiBiase was a bad manager. He was a bad manager, and none of his guys ever really did anything. His stable sucked. He could well, at least he could talk and stuff. At the he had very that least, going. what about yeah. Teddy Long? He's he, besides Doom. I know that Teddy Long is going in the Hall of Fame this year, and mm. I feel bad putting him in this, but he has to be up for consideration. He was pretty crappy. Yeah, wasn't he? He was a pretty bad. Manager. I mean, he's managing like Craig Pittman and like <laughs> Ice Train. Ice Train. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Just Why would you manage Ice Train? Bunch of junk. Mark Henry when he wasn't good. Mark Henry was always good. Let's not. Let's well, not get ahead of ourselves. I think ninety nine Mark. No, not ninety nine. Like oh two Mark Henry is awful. Okay, like, that's when he gets bad. But what, what about the guy that managed Cully, Indian Eric Bischoff? Everyone Indian used Eric to call? Bischoff. He's no good. <laughs> You know who we I forget? don't know if he's like up there in the bad of like so wait, somehow Humperdinck's not in, right? I come on, Joe. Oh, you know what? He does suck. <laughs> yeah. Oliver Enough Humperdinck with him. does suck. Enough with the consideration about Humperdinck. He's he, in. He's in? Yeah. All right, so Humperdinck is in. Yeah. Die, die, die. So we are down to one more then. Yeah. Consideration here, Johnny V, but you're you're not really too sold on that. I'm not sold on the Johnny V. I think he's He's, He's just okay. enough competent. All like, right, yeah. fine. Uh, Paul Ellering is on his way to the desert. Yeah. Paul Jones. Paul Jones. Gary Hart. I'll take Gary Hart off the list. I, I can deal with Gary Hart. Then let's take... Kabuki and all that. If we're going to yeah. take Gary Hart off, we have to take Paul Jones and Paul Ellering off. <sighs> I can't believe Paul Ellering's going to get away with this. <laughs> it's really upsetting to me. You know that, right? He managed the Legion of Doom. So? <laughs> Teddy Long managed Doom, and he's and he's on his way to the desert. It doesn't. I feel like you could manage one good person, but if everything else sucks, then why should you be considered good? What about that guy? Not the Jackal, the original manager of the Truth Commission. Oh, oh. <laughs> that, wait, like, wait, 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 what commanded? Oh, I have it. The Commandant. The Commandant. Oh, ooh. Oh, you know who's worse? But the Jackal is awful. Yeah, I know what he is. I know everyone's like, oh, Don Callis, he's so smart. Fuck him. <laughs> no. Sorry, he's not that good. I don't good. even think um, James Vanderbeek is any good. Or, or what, what was his too. other name? Um, I don't know. Uh, the, he, but he had the Sinister stay- Minister? <laughs> yeah, that. With Mortis and all that yeah. shit. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. But what about. What about General Adnan? Oh, oh, you got it. You know what? I was thinking of him when I was thinking of this topic this week. He is bad. You want to put him on there? Oh, my God. Um, Come on, he's worse than Ellering, Quinn. He is. I'm sorry. Is he worse than, like, the Truth Commission guy, though? But that was so brief, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but the Jackal, though. The Jackal is like the a modern-day Paul Ellering, where he's like, I am smart. Yeah, and he also was the um that guy in ECW that like censored them Cyrus. or something. Cyrus the virus. Yeah. yeah. Eh. I can't put Jackal on there. I can put General Adnan on there. But can honestly. you put Jacqueline on there? No. Worse than General Adnan? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I give up. General Adnan. You think yeah. so? He's just 
He managed the world champion. We don't champion. even have to like talk too much about him because somehow he managed the world champion and he was awful. He was awful. He just, no, get him out of is here. Is he really? Okay. So I, I think he's in there. General Adnan is on the list. Die, die, die. So that's it. We've done it. We went so to Death Valley. Who, who do we got here? I don't even care. We, no. We have General Adnan. John Tolos. John Tolos, the coach. Frenchie Martin. Frenchie Martin. And Oliver Humperdinck. Oliver Humperdinck. Somehow Harvey didn't make it in, which is good for him. Good for him. Good for Ellering. He squeaked on by. <sighs> He's so lucky. Gary God. Hart. If Gary Hart didn't exist, Ellering would be in the thing. But that, I think, is still a pretty... Maybe controversial, folks. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Obviously, I'm reach sure, us. And if we missed anybody, like, this is one of those cases yeah. where, like, there are so many managers. There's yes. probably somebody we missed. Absolutely. I'm like, sure Like, I thought is. we almost missed Slickster when we were just talking about good managers. I just didn't think of him as one of the best yeah. ever. I love Slick, but yeah. he doesn't belong on Rushmore. But, folks, let us know what you think belongs on Rushmore. Let us know what you think belongs in Death Valley. And we will be back right after this. Introducing a Coors like you never knew before. New Coors Extra Gold. This ain't no quiche eater soda pop beer, you'll agree. Cause no beers is bold as Coors Extra Gold. No beers is bold as Coors Extra Gold. And only Coors can make it so easy drinking. Yeah, this is bolder, colder beer the way beer ought to be. One taste you'll be sold. Grab hold of a gold. No beers is bold as Coors Extra Gold. You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 23. Thank you so much for being with us this Monday, March 20th. Mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. We are ready for our last segment. Quinn, we are reviewing something. Yes, we are. We are. And Quinn, I know you've been champing at the bit for this. Yeah, that was the right way to say it. <laughs> Thank and you. I have been because this is something that I feel like I remember seeing on some channel that I don't know what it was, but I couldn't figure it out for years until you had pointed out that it was possibly this, and it was definitely this. It was definitely this, and this came from our good friend of the show, Richard Land. He actually specifically found yes. and uploaded this crap so, for yeah, us. So, yeah, the backstage story with this is I, I had said, Joe, wasn't there some weird, like, it was like WWF, right. but, like, it was not, and, like... I can't find it on the internet. I don't know what it is. And right. then you had said, I think it's AWF. And then we found some like weird, like clipped up. There's one that was like two hours it was or something. Weird. Yeah. yeah I it don't wasn't know what it the was. right thing. No. And then so we had asked Richard, mm -hmm. Richard, do you know if you can get your hands on any AWF? And he had never, he'd never heard of it either yeah. at first. And he found it. And then he just finds it. So yeah. Folks, uh, as we've always said now, Richard Land is one of the best places to get obscure yeah. old wrestling stuff and especially in the vein of more wwf i think richard tends that's his to go. specialty yeah. yeah definitely so that's richard land on youtube l-a-n-d if you're listening to us you probably know who he is but maybe you don't yeah so we just want to give him that shout out go, and go look it up he's got some good stuff up there yep and a frequent listener and commenter of our show big friend of the show very thankful to have yep. his support yeah, and so, I saw Land in the Discord chat, if anybody wants yep. to ever talk. He's there. He's there, so. So, in the jolly old UK. Yeah. Um, folks, what it is that we're reviewing is AWF Warriors of Wrestling. Yeah, that's the name of the show, Warriors of Wrestling. Yeah. It, it, this was like an hour, like a normal Cindy it's type like a Cindy thing. Cindy length. But no, no commercials. I guess notably, it's like 
it's so weird because it's just like the WWF. It like, really is it, so similar. We'll, it we'll looks get into like it, it yep. too. Yeah. So this is their debut TV episode from February twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five. Now, folks, what was the AWF? Yeah. The American Wrestling Federation was an attempt to let's get another freaking you know thing here on TV yep. to try to capitalize and or compete with WWF now, and WCW. You had said to me, yes, off show. You had said something about how like they were trying. You thought they were trying to be like the the number three to replace the AWA in a sense. In but a sense, something about this feels like they want to be like WCW. Like they want to be number two, uh, at least number two, and that could be true. True. Yeah, uh, it was founded by a, by a guy named uh, Paul Alperstein or something like that. I have his <laughs> He's name in the here, show, and we'll see him later. Basically, it was founded a little bit before they actually got TV. It was founded in '94. It lasted until about late '96. It did have a couple of years. Mm-hmm. It never achieved national prominence where people no. were like talking about it and Although, stuff like i said it was on on something and that i can't something. that i can't figure out Me what neither. that is but like i mm-hmm. know i saw this on tv like i, I, I believe you yeah. i really i believe that i never personally saw it but i knew about it from the after mags which you know don't call them the after mags. don't call them that don't call them the after mags hey, that's not what they're called <laughs> but anywho so, so let's get into the show so our opening is sergeant slaughter and he says our choice for wrestling should be the awf and your choice for professional wrestling should be the american wrestling federation why there's no episodes to go off that like what because sergeant slaughter's there like <laughs> yeah great that's the thing with this is like a lot of these guys are old I, like in 1995 <laughs> they like, are you're right like, you're totally right that, Quinn. that's the big thing with this like hercules in the intro yeah but not the good hercules <laughs> like the power and glory kind with the mustache the greasy yeah and he looks kind of fat like that hercules now, despite fat greasy hercules the intro itself quinn pretty good it's okay i mean it, it's it's on par with 1995 Let's okay fair way. enough like though. i'm not gonna say it's like i think like that era like the more unique intros to me were like the nitro intro where there's like stuff happening fireworks fireworks in like a in like a abandoned city or something <laughs> like those are more or the or the saturday night one with the like the in the like the doors the like mechanical yeah. crap yeah that's like actually interesting so quinn uh during the intro we see a clip of santana and you say to me he looks like a school teacher yep and Which he, he is. He is a school teacher. And in he's, fact, the thing is, he's starting to look like one here. Like, he doesn't 95. look like the Santana of the early 90s, no. late 80s. No. In fact, we know people that have had him as a teacher. Yes, we do, because he is a school teacher in New Jersey. Suck a son of New Jersey. Yeah, so we I always thought it was interesting. We know somebody that actually was in his class because yep. they were from there yep. and they moved where we are, but yep. like yeah. Interesting, that, right? That, that is very weird. Like so, <laughs> Quinn, you say to me, I love this quote. I feel like this is Heroes of Wrestling, the Federation. Yes, it seriously, Joe, like after watching this, it's it's Heroes of Wrestling, it's better than Heroes of Wrestling. I'm not gonna It is. It, it's it, a lot better. It's better. And they picked up the right old people, but it is still <laughs> just a bunch of old wrestlers that it like is. and you're like but they're treating them like they're not old. They're not old. Right. In fact, there's a comment later, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. So we're hosted by Mick Karchua. I had never heard of, but I will say he was he good. Was, he was good. Yeah, he was fine. And believe it or not, Terry Taylor. Yeah, the Red Rooster himself is there. <laughs> and he's okay, too. I'm Mick Karch, and I'm Terry Taylor. And... This guy named Billy Anderson is the ring announcer. He so looks the, like uh, Ross from Friends or like 
You or also like, said the Patriot. He looks get, like the Patriot. I guess too. you meant Del Welks Del without Welks, the mask. Yeah, without the mask. Or Wilkes, Welks. I don't Whatever know. Whatever it is. Name. Wilkes. Yeah. So this match is scheduled for three rounds. Okay. Okay. Hold on for a second. This promotion has some weird round system, right? And I know probably our UK fans will probably be more appreciative of it, but I have, I don't understand this. Like they're acting in this show. Like this is like a new concept. First of all. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to and that. later. They, they do say it's from the UK or something. Yes. However, it's also from something called boxing that, and they're acting like they're big innovators for like doing this. And it's so stupid, Joe. It's weird. And there's like, there's, storytelling in a match problems with it like there's some matches where it's like there's a guy that's just squashing a guy but like it goes to a second yes. round for like no reason but it, what that does in like a wrestling construction logic kind of way right it makes you not want the match to go a certain length <laughs> yeah and since the round for the rounds are like four minutes each it's yes, like you are. don't want anything for somebody you don't care about you don't want to see them wrestle over four minutes that's true quinn and we will probably be able to elaborate more on those problems with the round system yeah. as we get into this i just wanted to yep. set a foundation here absolutely for the round system that was one of the things that the awf did is they used the round system it was every normal match was three four minute rounds title matches were 12 rounds oh god yeah, I didn't, I know. They, uh, did they say that on this no i looked it up and they were very big on the rules which we'll also get to later so anyway our first match as ring announcer uh ross geller yeah. tells us <laughs> fine by me is this is a great name the ultimate destroyer yeah he just looks like a Some guy that like masked guy with like his mask but he looks like he just got done working out at a gym or yeah, something because like he put his shirt gym. back on over <laughs> his workout gear and he's fighting mr school teacher himself tito santana <laughs> with the happy music his music was so happy yeah it and was now quinn you and i both noticed he has his strike force hair but he's got like an el matador jacket but like the Short tights. Yeah. But the boots are He's like. He's got the El Mantador boots with like black Austin style tights. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so weird. It, it's really, and his hair's really fluffy. Long. Like he looks like he's getting ready to go teach school, like in a, a year or whatever <laughs> he started teaching school. Now, the best comment from uh, the announcers here is that no one is more popular in wrestling than Tito Santana. Sure. Uh, Hulk Hogan. I never heard of him. Or or at 1995, like Shawn Michaels and yeah, Bret Hart. Like, Diesel even. Yeah. Now, Mick Karch goes on to say that this is the most innovative wrestling in the world today. Bullshit. <laughs> what is the only reason they think this is because of the rounds. Yeah, that There's is why. nothing innovative about this promotion. He's, it's in fact, it's a complete ripoff of the WWF, like down to the look, feel, the production, the wrestlers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're right. Every Thing. You actually said to me also in the midst of all this talk from the announcers <laughs> that something about the way this is filmed reminded you of WMAC Masters. Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. Can you explain it to WMAC the WMAC Masters, it was this weird like karate show. On Fox. Where like it was basically like Mortal Kombat, but like done like it was a wrestling show. They they filmed it like it was a sport, but also it was like <laughs> it was filmed. There was like fog machines and like <laughs> so you had to, weird. You had to earn like medallions <laughs> to get into a belt, and then the guy that had like half the medallions would fight the other guy with half the medallions, and then win the belt. It's kind of like the karate version of Lucha Underground in a way. It's basically Karate Fighters, the TV show. <laughs> you know, remember Karate Perfect. Fighters, the yep. toy. Perfect yeah. description. So Mick Karch is a good announcer. I see yeah. this as the the match gets underway, and the ref looks like Wade Boggs. <laughs> I know you said. 
this. Yeah, I didn't really see it that That's much. Okay. But yeah, I, I believe you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the crowd, Quinn, you and I discussed this when we were watching it. It's kind of on par with like the WWF arena yeah. tapings at the time. Again, not innovative at all. Not innovative. It's not a um smaller... Like, it doesn't look like a horribly small crowd. Yeah, although they keep clipping to the crowd, and I can't tell if that's, like, generic other crowds. Like, insert shots? Because it doesn't look like it's part of the arena, because there's this big notable, like, pole in the right hand Yeah, there is. Corner, there's, like, some pillars. But they never go near that in when they show the crowd, so I'm like, is this the same place? Like, how do you miss that? Like Maybe Hercules comes in and pulls down the pillars <laughs> the later pillars on. Of, the pillars of AWF yeah. instead of Rome this time. So I say, you know, this match isn't bad at all. Dare I say it's good, but Quinn, you wouldn't say good. I wouldn't say good. It's competent, is what I <laughs> That's That was my actual quote. Yeah. It, it's not great. Yeah, it's, it's competent. I, it's all jobber matches on this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're right. And the, the clock for round one ticks down terry taylor here we go again says it's such an innovation that he's never seen such a thing we see the clock in the right hand corner an innovation only in the american wrestling federation and he's never heard of boxing i guess because yeah. what <laughs> like right exactly what do you mean plus don't they say later they got this from england yes there's like an interview later where somebody says this it's ridiculous they, so- they just stole everything they everything is stolen joe either from wwf or Freaking England, England, you know? England, no or offense. like probably some WCW influence. Maybe. And even their logo is stolen from like the USA Network. <laughs> like everything is stolen. Now, this was really weird. So as round one ends, Mick Karch says that Tito was about to do the flying <laughs> burrito. Well, no question. He had that flying burrito in mind. Okay. Flying burrito is a derivative of the joke flying jalapeno, which like Jesse used to call the move in WWE. Or Bobby, one of both, them. Both, both called it. And so the fact that they're calling it the flying burrito here, they're just ripping off the WWF announcer's jokes. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on with the ripoffs. Like, Why is it called that anyway? Yeah. If that's really its name, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's not the name. It, well... I, I don't know, it actually. They be. never clarify. That's the point. Is Tito the- Santana doesn't say what it is. No! Hmm. So anyway, so this is even more boxing-like. <laughs> they have stools in the corner for the rest Now period. they're just screwing around with the innovation talk because literally it's boxing. Yeah, and then... And I, I was like, why do you need rest for a jobber match, right. right? And this brings me to my point about how, like, how is this fair to the, the superstar, right? Right. Usually, like... I understand that the superstar is just supposed to beat him in that, you know, obviously the they're at an advantage, right? Right, because they're the superstar. However, and if jobber. you give the jobber a rest period, shouldn't the jobber have a way better chance of winning if he could just survive the the other stuff? Maybe that's the point. Yeah, but that's stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I don't even have to make many points. I mean, why should the jo- why should someone just in a wrestling match, right, between two competitors. Yeah. Why should the worst guy be given, like, a catch-up chance or something? That's it's, not competition. It's innovative, Quinn. They're, like, gimping it. They are revolutionary. <sighs> so Terry Taylor says, Nowhere else in the world will you see a girl hol- holding up a round two sign. <laughs> oh, my. You got a girl walking around telling you it's round two. Nowhere else in the world do you have that. <sighs> Again, has he not seen boxing? Like, right. uh, so Santana in round two here with his 1985 offense and the flying burrito, and yes, they call it that again, gets the pin for round two. And this is where I say, what was the point of the first round? It was yeah. a complete waste of time. They could have just done that whole thing in one round. Yeah, it... <sighs> 
it's not like this crowd knows what the hell's going on. They could have <laughs> just like like made the round longer and nobody would have ever known. Fair. Yeah. You you're, know what I you're mean? right. They could have just stretched it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Tito horribly dances and Terry Taylor says he's never seen him look better. <laughs> I've never seen him look older. Honestly. <laughs> now, I, honestly, I want to be fair, Quinn, and maybe yeah. you will as well. The production here is really good. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's even better than ECW, which was oh, like a contemporary. So. It's well lit. It's well shot. It's well Somebody produced. paid for this. Like Hell this yeah. was not this was not somebody just like trying to make a quick buck. No. Even Heroes of Wrestling, like the production wasn't even this good. No, this is like, really good. Yeah, this it's, is this is fine. It really is. And so we throw this was blew my mind. Yeah. We throw to Ken Resnick. <laughs> Another former WWF like uh, interviewer. Yeah. yeah. With Tito Santana. So, Quinn, I love this. I'm going to read your quote here. I have to. So, Quinn says, how did he get to the green screen so fast? He's still sweaty. And then Quinn pauses and he's like, you think they just poured water on him? And I think that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah, because there's another one later where somebody just wrestled and they aren't sweaty. Yeah. So. so Santana says you need to be able to wrestle to wrestle in the AWF. And I say, shouldn't you be able to wrestle when you're in a professional wrestling federation <laughs> right. of any kind? It that, doesn't, if you're an ECW, I would hope even yeah. you should be at least able to wrestle. <laughs> Isn't that like part of your resume? Yeah. Like wrestler. They're really harping on this wrestling thing. Like there's these weird, like it just feels like they're jabbing at WWF for being more like gimmicky or something. And cartoony, yeah, yeah, right. With the Lawrence Taylor thing going on and everything. Right. Yeah. So our next match is... <laughs> Billy Joe Eaton. What? Yeah. Maybe they wanted Bobby Eaton and they couldn't get him. Billy Joe He's kind of like Freddie Joe Floyd. <laughs> I feel like he looked like that, didn't he? A little bit. Yeah. I, I thought uh, Sparky Plug. Okay, but uh, well. he's fighting... Greg Valentine. <laughs> yeah, with, real newcomers here. With Rico Suave. Oh, my goodness. This guy, had he been more notable, he probably would have made <laughs> yeah. it into the Mount, the, the Mount Rushmore Death Valley thing. I love what you said, Quinn. Why does Valentine need a manager wherever okay, he goes? I've, I've had this discussion with you, but why when you're like 100, like Greg Valentine here? <laughs> why? Do, first of all, why do you need a manager? Because you're a big name. You can get whatever you want. Right. Secondly... Why would a manager waste their money on a guy that's <laughs> career is like just about over? Exactly. Like it makes no it doesn't sense. Make any sense. Yeah. Why would you want to manage 1995 Greg Valentine? I wouldn't. Uh, Rico Suave looks more like Cheeto Suave. <laughs> that guy. That's a good one. And then Quinn, you said to me, his name looks like it should be Tony Salami. Yeah. I mean, he's just, the gimmick is basically like New York, like greaseball, like character. Used car salesman. -y. He looks, his hair looks fake. I think Valentine looks the same as always. 50. I think if I took Tony Salami's hair and just like <laughs> ripped at it, it would come right off. Okay, fine. Because his eyebrows don't match his hair. That, Some people Did you don't. notice this? Well, when you bleach or dye things. Well, whatever, Salami. Terry Taylor mentions that the referee actually keeps score the whole match. So that's why these rounds matter. But like, do they ever say what the score is no. ever? So then again, like if it doesn't go three rounds then the score just they don't tell us they're innovative quinn <laughs> they don't make sense is what they are now the saddest part here 
is I'm pretty sure that Billy Silverman is the ref, mm-hmm. and that's just upsetting to me. Is that he in, like, everything? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just sad that he had to, like, lower himself to this. I can't believe he made this. it here. I know. Billy Silverman, yeah. of all people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a, a match scheduled for three rounds, but Valentine needs four rounds just to get warmed up. Okay, again, with the ripping off WWF, that is something that Gorilla used to always say about Valentine, is that it takes him 15 minutes to get warmed up. Exactly. And, of course, that's exactly what they say here. Yep. How so, is there no like copyright issue with any of the there, everything is a ripoff there's a really good one about that a little bit later okay. with the theme song remember right oh yes okay so suave is on a cell phone so i guess he's poly dangerously and terry taylor says awf has great technology <laughs> he's in like over shill mode on yeah. this show i well, swear i will say their technology is kind of there because in in wrestling terms meaning the, it's shot well it the, is the, 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 no, the lighting's is. good it like, is <laughs> they have like green screens in 1995 it's like, just a funny time to say yeah, it when it he's on weird. a cell phone yeah so then we cut to chris adams in the warrior's corner it's an insert promo yeah and he says the awf is the alternative wrestling federation and then i say it's just old people that's all this is <laughs> <laughs> pretty much i mean it, this is where chris adams says that like um yes they, they stole this like the Basically, round thing. Yeah, that's like what the, he says. Yeah, he says, I've been wrestling in England for, you know, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> and we're used to the round system here, so I'm happy to be in the AWF. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? So it's not innovative then. Exactly. He just he just pokes a hole right through <laughs> yep, their logic. He sure does. <sighs> so Eaton gets some token offense, but other than that, this is the Valentine show. It's a pretty boring show. It's a Greg Valentine match for crying out loud. Mm. Figure four gets the win, and then Quinn, you say to me, thankfully, yeah. we didn't have to wait for a round two with a shit. Okay, yeah. I said that, and I also noted, why the hell is Tito Santana the, like, fast wrestler? Yes. Like, go go two rounds, but Greg Valentine, the guy who they know takes long <laughs> to get warm up, it only does one round. I know. Weird, right? Yeah, it's very weird. It should have been reversed. I agree yep. with you 100% there. Makes no sense. Our next match is Sonny Rogers. Who I, I swear I've seen him before. You know what? I sa- You said that at the time. I didn't bother to look him up but nor should you, i feel but, like i know the name i yeah. feel like i've seen him now we didn't recognize this man <laughs> yeah. because of his baggy pants and beard but he's fighting tony atlas yes and um the, the ref by the way <laughs> is very fat <laughs> but he looks like lefty from lucha or maybe a really young Chief J. Strong. Yeah, we were debating, but yeah. <laughs> so we think Atlas is the heel, but like everyone... They never say. Everyone booed Rogers during the intro. No mm-hmm. one's really getting cheered. No, they aren't. Right? I mean, there's like no cheering in this match. Atlas throws Rogers around a bunch, and then, like, when you said to me, like, Rogers looks like he should be in the Rock and Roll Express. He does! He looks tights. like... He looks closer to Bobby Eaton than that other yeah. Billy Joe Eaton does. <laughs> He does. And then we get Hip Toss City by Atlas, just a bunch of hip tosses. And Quinn, you just say to me, if If, this goes another round... (laughs) I was... And then what happens? Bear hug by Atlas at the 32nd mark, and Mr. Rogers, that's what Mick Karch calls him, which is funny. He says he's in the wrong neighborhood. (laughs) Stupid! Um, Mr. Rogers here eye-gouges out of the bear hug and actually lasts the round. And then I go... I'm sure the viewers really wanted to see Tony Atlas after the commercial break. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is broken. Yeah. Like, why do they pick the exact wrong people to do the round thing right. on? Like, it, it's stupid. You're correct. Yeah. Atlas should have done a one-round squash. Right, exactly. The people you want to see should go two rounds. Exactly. We get an insert promo uh, with, <laughs> with Johnny Gunn, which is Salvatore Sincere, by the way. Or, uh, what was his Tom Brandy. Yep, and he says next week 
I swear he says this, he will housebreak the nation. Tune in next week because you're going to see Johnny Gunn housequake the nation, baby. I don't Something know. Something doesn't sound right about that. Was he in the smoking guns? Was he like the no, third gun? No, he was gun? never in the smoking guns. Should have been. With Tommy Gunn from Rocky Five. That's what I thought of when I saw his name, actually. Johnny Gunn. Jo- Johnny Gunn, Tommy Gunn. I bet you that's where they got they it from. They just rip again, more ripping off. Yeah. I mean, he kind of looks boxer-esque. Yeah, but... And that, this is in a boxing federation, so... Couldn't they at least <laughs> rip off the a better Rocky movie than Five? I just... I can't believe, like... Even when we were watching it, now that we're doing the review, yeah. I just can't believe the sheer number of like ripoffs of everything. And on top, the kicker that they just keep talking about innovation. Like, <laughs> like yeah. It's ridiculous. It's very broken. Yeah. Atlas finally wins, as Quinn predicted, with a press slam. Yeah, he asked me right in the middle of the match. He said, I, what's his finisher? And I'm like, probably a press slam. Exactly yep. his yep. finisher. Falls on him for the pin. Yep. Back to, <laughs> here it is, Ken Resnick with the AWF president mm. and in real life, the guy that owned it, Paul Alperstein. Alperstein? Yeah. Stein. The best part is Ken Resnick is, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like his first question, yes. right? I, I asked the same thing. He's like, so why did you found this? Like, why yeah. did you do this? Yeah. And he's like, I like the rules and no, there's no over-the-top rope moves and you can't hit the ref, all this crap. Then Ken's like, why are you doing this round shit? <laughs> and he says, in the uh, future, yeah. we're going to have house shows. Okay, first of all, with this, he gave all the wrong answers. <laughs> I don't want to hear in an ECW world about the rules and Thank the you. top rope yes. and like all this nonsense. That's exactly not what the fans wanted in 1995. Especially since this is 95. ECW in 95 it's, was awesome. Yeah, ECW very much exists and is very awesome right now. And very much on TV. And yes. <laughs> it's they, not like it's hidden. They might be more places than this. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I'd have to check, but. Right. I love your quote. Quinn Resnick looks like he has more money than the owner. (laughs) He does. He's got like gold rings on and like a nice suit and tie. The owner looks like shit. The owner just looks like just like this whole operation is a hassle for him. He looks more like Larry Appleton from Perfect Strangers. (laughs) So we go back to ringside and this is great. From Charlotte, North Carolina, Rick Rick Thunder. Thunder. And, but, and his opponent nails and then i go no i thought we got rid of this guy damn it nails with an s yes with an s freaking nails how is this not stealing the gimmick this is literally stealing like i'm not like a lot of people loosely use literally yeah he is literally the same freaking thing he is the only difference is the S is the S instead of the Z at the end of his name. He's got the orange jumpsuit. And it looks a little more haggard for I some reason. I love that you noted that. Yeah, yeah. the last couple of years, yeah. it's like all he's been wearing. But it looks like the same one from WWF. It, that it just got crappier from like from literally like wrestling, wrestling in it. Yeah. 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 It's this is gimmick infringement. Yes. Now coming up though is one thing that the yes. only thing that they didn't gimmick infringe. This is actually surprisingly you can say this is an innovation that came from the AWS. It is that it was used elsewhere. There's a turnbuckle cam twenty years ahead of its time. Yes, there is. That was surprising, actually. WWE only recently started doing that, and I remember when we were watching. We thought it was stupid. No, you mentioned that it's much better than what WCW did. Oh, with the ref cam on the... Yeah, yeah. there was a ref cam in WCW where, like, Nick Patrick wore, like, a helmet with, like, a camera on it. Stupid. 
stupidest thing. Really, I think he had a cable hanging out of his head, it too. It was on horrible. Top. Yeah. And uh, it was like a hockey mask. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nail's hair, Quinn, you noted to me, is a little fluffier. Yeah, and it gets, like, he comes out and it's, like, comb like normal, but as the right. match is going on, it's like, he's just, he, he looks like he got out of bed or something. Like, it just keeps getting worse. So, all kinds of choking by Nails. And now, I want to say here, yeah. just when we start with the choking. Yeah. Didn't right before that Paul... <laughs> Epperstein or whatever, didn't he just say about the rules and how yes. we want the rules around here? Yes. The rules are so good. Correct. So go on. So <laughs> he nails and and uh Rick Thunder here get outside the ring. Nails <laughs> launches from like twenty feet. Yeah, the stool that Into you would sit his on head direct like, shot it hits him, <laughs> and then he hits him with a chair. And when you notice at this point, instead of mats on the outside, yeah, there's the- just like carpets. It looks like somebody like cut a piece of carpet in the shape that they wanted which wasn't even the full thing yeah like the rectangle shape yeah and just left them there it's terrible <laughs> it, it, is. it probably is not a mat really no. at all it probably just hurts to fall on that right so then he choked nails chokes out thunder with a cable i gotta say this was amazing we yeah liked this it. was like hardcore nails so this awesome. is this is what i said first of all i go what the hell alperstein Secondly, I said, maybe this rules thing was an excuse to get rid of nails. And then I was also thinking just on the side was also like, did they just say the rules so that they could break them essentially? Like so that there would be this like conflict between Alperstein and like the rest of the competitors? Possibly. Like that was like the reason. This is episode one. So maybe. Right. Uh, But I do know this. We then cut to Ken Resnick again with (laughs) ironic or coincidentally, (sighs) Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Now, I will tell you, Joe did not know. I was going to do the manager's rush this before true. this. We had no idea. So I was just trying to keep my mouth shut yeah, about right. Oliver Humperdinck here. But he is horrible. He and is. here, this is where I realized what he was supposed to be, but they couldn't make him it in WWF, is he's basically uh, Captain Lou. Like, he's the same thing. He's a ripoff of Captain Lou. More ripoffs. He really is. You know you know how you know it's the AWF? Everything's a ripoff. Everything's a ripoff. He says he's not a slouch. And he, meanwhile, he's, like, fat and his, like, coat's open, yeah. like, showing his like belly Lou fat. Like yeah, Like Lou Albano. He also says there's people unhappy to see him, and he's correct. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna sugarcoat this, it this is the best he yeah. brings in his great new tag team the hangmen oh and look he's got a tag team just like captain lou and they're they are basically yeah. the blackjacks not the actual blackjacks but they look like the blackjacks yeah they got cowboy hats on but but with like dollar store masks on yeah, or something terrible what is that it, it's it doesn't really make much sense then we get mr jobber himself ken mcguire who mm, great versus sergeant slaughter you said to me, Quinn, remember how Slaughter was in his prime in 95? <laughs> yeah, he just, he looks like terrible here. He does. Like, he just, he looks like he doesn't belong here. And I know this pissed you off. He's handing out mini flags to everyone in the crowd. Yeah, what does he ever want, want everyone to be? Like the Rougeau brothers or something? <laughs> like, And it's the cheapest gimmick to get everyone to root for him. Because, I know. First of all, kids in 1995, they probably look at this guy and are like, <laughs> What? What? Who's like, this old man? Well, they know who he is because Maybe. he was on G.I. Joe toys only a couple years prior. Fine. However, he doesn't look as cool as his G.I. Joe toy. He just looks like an old like accountant yeah. in like Marmy fatigues. In fatigues, exactly. Yeah. So this jobber here, McGuire, he has very pink tights, but not in like that cool <laughs> Bret Hart way. They're all the way up to his like belly button yeah like but and it's making him look more fat he looks kind of like adrian adonis in those stories like, actually i think you said playboy buddy rose playboy too. buddy rose yeah and then we cut to and i shit you not general adnan <laughs> seriously 
Yeah, one of the the Death Valley managers. Right, that's two two of the Death Valley now, managers he, are he, on this he's, show. He's Sheik Adnan or something. Yeah, now. He's back to the Sheik like yeah. gimmick, and he has no mustache. And now he's mad at Sergeant Slaughter. So now we're carrying over gimmicks from the WWF. Right, nothing is unique. Nothing's nothing. unique here. You're other absolutely than that right. camera thing. Nothing. That's right. And this match is shitty. It's not even a good squash. No, Quinn, you were saying here because we were looking at this horrible jobber that. WWF even had the best jobbers. I don't know how WWF did it because even compared to WCW and AWF, of course, and even ECW, like mm-hmm. I don't get why their jobbers are like good. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't know how they do it. Like I guess it's just that's like the peak of like where you can go if you're a jobber. I guess it's so. like I want to be a jobber in the WWF. Why not? Cobra Clutch gets the win. Quinn, you said to me, like, are we sure these matches are four minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because this one seemed longer, right? Yeah, and Slaughter's hair was way too puffy. Yeah, very puffy. And even like his hair color didn't look right. <laughs> but then we cut to Resnick, yeah. and then he brings in Slaughter, and Slaughter's hair is shorter. Yeah, hmm. so I guess that water theory was correct. Yeah, remember, Quinn, he's all happy about the Sergeant Slaughter is mm-hmm. all happy about the rules. Yeah, and I said, why is he happy about the rules? This guy's famous for a boot camp match <laughs> where he, all the rules are not right. applying to it. And he's like, oh, I'm so good. Good yeah. rules. Ah. Mm. It's great to be here in the American Wrestling Federation where they finally brought the rules and regulations back, and I'm happy for President Paul Elberstein to do that. So our last match, uh, Bobby Bradley. <laughs> I think that's Bob Bradley. Yeah. The same guy. This is great. Versus the Coco line himself. Yep. Coco beware. He's main eventing. Now, this is where I said to you, I was like, okay, the only reason I knew about this was because I was flipping channels and saw Coco Beware Wrestling. I'm sorry. And what, what, I'm, what I mean by that yeah. is, is that this is my memory of this that I faintly remember flipping. I saw Coco Beware Wrestling in what looked like the WWF, but I knew it wasn't the WWF because it said AWF. Right. This might be the match. Maybe it is. Like, I don't know. Did maybe I catch the first episode of this by accident? History might have been made, Quinn. Yeah, maybe that's why they went out of business, because I watched <laughs> This is the weird thing about this Coco thing. He's got his high-energy pants, but like his <laughs> 80s blonde right, hair. he's got the blonde kind of strip This thing. was, this made me, like, uh, quizzical. Yeah. The crowd chants, whoomp, there it is. Did they think he's met on a mission? I, I don't know, because yeah. they were around then. I know. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. Mick Karch calls this a federation with wrestlers who were good like 10 years ago. Yeah. The most unique and innovative wrestling. Yep. Again, they're trying to hammer that point home. I don't know if like, it almost seems like they are like compensating for like, they know it's shit. Maybe. Like, and they just are like, we have to say innovative. So people think this is like new or something. Right. Right. Like I was getting excited because I thought Tony Atlas was someone I never saw before. Right, from yes, far we away. We couldn't recognize him. And then I find out it's Tony Atlas and I'm like, geez, like, you know, there's no buddy on this that is not a former WBF guy. This is true. And, but interestingly enough, Everyone is in the Hall of Fame. Except Nails. Yeah, except Nails. Thankfully. Yeah, I think Tony Atlas is in the Hall of Fame. I think he is. By the way, Frankie's at ringside, in case you were worried. So, <laughs> Quinn, you then, I like what you said here. Yeah. You, you started to pontificate a bit on how this is kind of the reverse, or maybe the result of how when Vince took over the territory system. Yeah. So, what I was saying to you is, this is what happens when you take over a t- territory system, and there's like, all these stars, right? When you're done with all these stars, they're still stars because they were they were the stars of each of their own territory. So what do you think would happen once you don't need them anymore? 
of course they're going to go form their own thing to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And this is this is what happens. This is the reverse of the ter- territory system de- evol- devolving. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, besides the jokes we're making about them being old, and they were, and they were all past their prime. too old. Exactly. Like, they still had value. Mm-hmm. It's only 95. Right. It's not 2005. They can get one more run. Even, exactly. Even Sergeant Slaughter. Even Tito Santana. Yeah. Coco Beware, all right. these guys. So it makes sense. Uh, this is a match, as Kim <laughs> Kardashian would say. Right. And it's not a good one. No. So this is where Quinn really... You, mm-hmm. you had a problem with the round system because the clock... This is the thing that you said, and I think it's astute. This round thing makes you want to not watch anymore. Right. It makes you, like, it makes you pick wrestlers... That you want to see wrestle longer, right? Right. So, like, if a guy is good and he only goes one round, you're like, oh, I wanted to see more of him. However, where its downfall is if there's a guy you just don't care for, you are just hating the length of the match. Yeah, the whole and time. then you have a rest period and, and when all you're this watching stuff. this clock tick down, you're getting like, oh, man, like, ugh, I got to watch him in another round. Right. Like, this is why this is broken. Exactly. It just doesn't work for wrestling. It doesn't work for wrestling. That's why it never succeeded here. Yeah. And then so we do go to round two. And I have to say, I'm sorry for Coco, but you know you're in sorry shape when you can't <laughs> beat Bob Bradley in four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly. I mean, not, I, not that Coco's like. I know. Too he's far a jobber out. too, though. Yeah. But like, I just don't understand. Like, he just doesn't belong in this role. He should be jobbing to someone else. Yeah, because like, that would at least put someone over or a little someone bit more. young, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right? They don't think they have any young people Dude, in this I haven't seen one young person. No. Even the jobbers seem old. <laughs> it's true. I think the youngest person is a ring announcer. Mm-hmm. So Bradley drinks some Poland Spring during the uh, rest period. Then he picks up a stool. Yeah. <laughs> when you say to me, yeah, that's what I think of this. It's stool. Yup. I mean... That is what this is. Speaking of stool, we cut to Mr. Hughes, and I'm not even surprised anymore with who they start bringing this is, in. This surprised me, because Hughes is, was in oh, D- yeah. ECW in 1995. I think he was in February of 1995 in ECW. I might have to go back, yeah. but I've watched a lot of the old ECW, and I know that Mr. Hughes was there around this time. Maybe they just had, I mean, I they didn't have exclusive contracts. That, that's what I asked you, I think. Right? I said, do, I mean, do you think they had... I I, don't, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, it's the so, AWF. Because I doubt that Coco Beware wasn't roaming the territories also, like no. at this time. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm saying sure he was. He was. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm sure he was. Um, so Bradley kind of actually dominates beating around two, but then Coco comes back, hits a flying drop kick for two. It looks <laughs> like that was almost a yeah. messed up finisher. Yep. But the Ghostbuster, which is a brainbuster, basically, gets the win for Great. Coco. He, we notice in the background, now they try to kind of hide it, I can tell, because they mm-hmm. cut away, but they're playing his Birdman theme from WWF. They are. Like, like bird, blatantly. bird, bird. Yeah, yeah. It's a bird, bird, bird. That so one. that, I think they knew they were stretching it. This yeah. was clearly taped, and they used the correct themes but yes. as a, for the taped audience, but we were not supposed to hear that. But it's in the tape. It's in the tape. Yeah. It was weird. So we yeah. cut finally back to Ken Resnick, who I like. He's like the best part of the show. Yeah. Um, and he's with <laughs> Rico Suave. I'm just like, he's so generic. He is. He's so bland. And Very just... bland. Like, I'm Italian. I'm yeah, not it, even it, in an accent, but he's just like shitty. He's just playing everything up. But he, but not good. Like No, not yeah. good. Yeah. And Resnick, honestly, he looks like he'd rather be elsewhere. <laughs> like, he's above this. He's you just know? like, this is a paycheck, and I already made my money on yeah. like, the news or whatever he did. He's just like grinning his way yeah. through this. And 
And then Valentine wanders in from the left with a suit, <laughs> but it's like a shitty 90s suit. Yeah, he it's like too big. Like, but that's how those 90s suits yeah. were. Like, everything was... So he looks crappy in retrospect. And he's got a pink stripey shirt. Which is funny, because if I recall, when Valentine did have a suit on in WWF, like, in the mid-80s... Yeah, good suits. He usually looked slick and awesome. Yeah. It seems like this uh, 90s suit style doesn't really agree with his body type. No, not at all. But then, um, you asked me, Quinn, did he get it at Kmart, maybe? <laughs> yeah. It's possible. It was I mean, the it 90s. looks cheap. Yeah. And he isn't making the kind of money he was making in the WWE. No, so. well, maybe Rico Suave will take him yeah. to the top, but I'd be surprised. Yeah. So that's our last segment. Actually, to end it, we get a like it's basically you know the bookend of the opening with right. Slaughter. He's basically like, "Oh, you're dismissed." Yeah. Thanks, Sarge. Thank you. Like I wanted to be a but long you- time ago. So until next week, you're dismissed. You know what was interesting though, Quinn? Overall, it was an easy watch. Yes, it was an easy watch, but. How much of that is because we'd never really seen a full episode? Partially. I mean, like, honestly, like, like, would you watch week two of this? Like, would uh, you, like, after of like, my own volition and not doing it for the review? Yeah. Maybe out of curiosity, but not, you know, like, but you wouldn't probably go past two. I mean, because you want to see Salvatore Sincere. Yeah. I want to see the, the Blackhawks. What was their team name? The wet. The, oh, them. The yeah. Nightsticks. I don't even remember. What was their name? Who that knows? Team? The guys in the mask with pumperdink the key stealers what was their name who cares it doesn't matter yeah uh i don't think they made it so i wouldn't want to watch any regular basis of this i do know this because you and i also caught a clip of it but i knew that around 95 or 6 even because it it went on for a while lord alfred hayes became the heel commentator what really i didn't know that you know you remember that Oh, we watch a quick clip hmm. of it. Remember, we might have to find that. I, I don't know. I don't remember it at all, actually. All right. Well, Richard Land, I have a challenge for you. If you can find one of the episodes where Lord Alfred's announcing. where Lord Alfred is now the announcer, Quinn and I will review it yeah. at some point. God, could they rip reviews. off any more things? Like I'm, tr- like I'm really trying to rack my head of stuff they did not rip off. Like other than the other than the camera. Like everything else is a ripoff. Like or everything, or an established talent already. Right? Yeah. So I mean, it's in one regard, I'll give them credit. They had a slickly produced first episode here. It was well done. Yeah, it's fine. It's a Cindy. If you compare it to the to what WWF was putting you out, might, like if you were flipping the channels and you didn't see like the logos in the corner or anything, you may think that this is WWF in 1995. Maybe that was their intention. Because I. I mean, the lighting to a T yep. looks like exactly how a WWF arena would be lit Absolutely. in 1995. And with the exception of the one turnbuckle cam, all the camera angles, the way they shot it. Everything. Everything's the entrance the same. is similar. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. that like that scaffold, but like yep. a doorway kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. It's like with yeah. the neon lighting and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's exactly the same. Overall, though, Quinn, what'd you think? Decent? I mean, it's passable, like I said. Yeah. Would I, I just don't think it's like... It's not something that, at the time, I would probably even watch after I realized it's right. not WWF. I understand what you mean. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But overall, not bad. Not bad. Definitely but, not the worst thing we've ever watched. Rip-Off City. Rip-Off City. It's it, it's competent, but it's also just WWF Junior, basically. Right. Like, if any, like, WWF Junior is, like, a term a lot of people yeah. use, but if, this is, like, the most WWF Junior. Like, WCW didn't even, tr- like approach this close to the same thing 
You know like, what they really didn't? This like, is almost all WWF guy. Actually, all WWF guys. Yeah, with exception of maybe some jobbers that are. No, I know. I'm just yeah. talking about the stars. Who here. knows? Some of these jobbers might have been in masks in WWF. Too. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't look up who anyone was, yeah. but some of these guys, like um, the Ultimate Destroyer. I don't know who that was. Yeah. A couple of these. And guys, I know but... they had Tommy Gunn, but he would eventually be in WWF. So yeah. <laughs> Overall, though, not bad. Tommy Gunn. Yeah, I know. Tommy Jimmy Gunn, Gunn. What's his name? Tommy Gunn. No. Um, no, his name. Johnny Gunn. Johnny Gunn. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Does anyone care about Tom yeah. Brandy? I mean, come on. Anyway, yeah. folks, we uh, hope you have enjoyed this episode of this review. It is spring. We have some great things coming up in the next couple of yep. weeks. Hall of Fame bites. Yeah, a couple of weeks, a uh, couple of days from now, you'll have another Hall of Fame bite. Yep. Scott Keith will be with us soon. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania season. We're getting closer and closer to WrestleMania sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> WrestleMania sunshine. So we are looking forward to giving you some more great retro wrestling content. So be sure to check us out on the Twitter. Yep. At OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And the Discord chat. The Discord chat. Our website, OVP Podcast.com. Yeah. And of course, our YouTube channel, Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Yep. Folks, thank you so much for being with us this Monday, March 20th, for episode number 23. We will see you for the Hall of Fame Bites, and we'll see you again next week. See ya. Have a great one. I've asked the president of the American Wrestling Federation, Mr. Paul Alperstein, to join me out here. And I guess first thing I should ask you, what would you like to be called, sir? Uh, Paul will be just fine. Okay, Paul it is. Paul, what way back first brought you to create this new American Wrestling Federation? Well, I've been a fan of the sport of wrestling for many years. And I've seen the wrestling industry change dramatically. And I wanted to bring it back to the roots of its sport. Now, Paul, I know you've made it very clear you are going to take a very hard line regarding following the rules here in the American Wrestling Federation. Yes, the rules of the American Wrestling Federation will be enforced, and the rules are quite simple. First, there is no throwing anybody over the top rope. There is no touching the referee, and there is a break on a 10 count. If they do not do those things, they will be disqualified. Well, Paul, I think a lot of us are glad to hear that, but I've been very curious, as have people all over the country, why did you decide to institute the round system here in the American Wrestling Federation? Well, I've been around wrestling for a while, and I've seen many different types of styles. And I thought that to create a system unique to this business would be something phenomenal for the fans to see. Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.